It's dark and early, and I'm recording my next episode of Story. This time, it's the 23rd chapter. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Good morning, everybody. This is not typically the way that I use to introduce my show, but as I previously mentioned, I'm recording on the early side today. It is definitely dark and early, as I'm... Beginning the recording of the show. I don't know. It's definitely different. But you know. Every once in a while different is good. So we'll find out how well this works out in the long run. For a little while anyway. Once again I'm here. Phil. About to impart on you. Another chapter of my story. This is an interesting one, I think. Um, Not that all of them aren't interesting, but I think, you know, this is a a specific type of set of stories. It's kind of interesting. All three of them this week happen to have the same theme. They're all about um, instances that happened while I was at church. It's a different thing, you know. Now, granted, all of them happen to be at different times of life. When I think about it, all of them really are. I mean, one was far early. I think I was probably in grade school when the first one happened. Then it elevated to, strangely enough as it may seem, a few years after high school. And then the last one was probably a few years after that. So it sort of travels a little bit of a gauntlet of my youth, in a way, you know? Different things that happened, I guess you could say, adventures in church going. For lack of a better term, that's really what it would come down to. Um, Each of them is kind of funny, and uh, some of them are more unique than others. And none of them could have been, I guess you could say, it just wouldn't have been the same had I not um, experienced them all for myself. Certainly, each one of them was an experience, to say the least. None of these stories are going to go into the... Whoops, hold on. Whoops, my fault. I got a notification on my phone because I made a mistake. I didn't turn off my notifications. I didn't go silent like I usually do when I record. So I had to go check on that one. But you see, that's why I do this. I'm not going to edit that out. I like to go live-ish, if you know what I mean. I don't want to alter what's going on. Things that happen, happen, and that's what's the beauty of the lip. It's not only that I'm giving you my take on a lot of different things, but I also want to make sure that things happen as they happen. So if I say it, you hear it. (laughs) That's just the way it is. So you're going to hear that little beep in my uh, open here, and, well, that's what it's going to (laughs) be. But as far as the stories go, A lot of times, coming from a Baptist church background, 
you would think that some of them would be those crazy wild dance party moments or people falling out. I'm not going to tell any of those stories, but granted, I would legitimately be able to tell quite a few of those. But that's not the kind of stories that I'm going to go with here. I'm going to go with more subtlety things. Things that happen more focused to me specifically. That's just how I'm going to go with it. Um, I think they're interesting stories nonetheless. And they're ones that I think um, that still sort of carry a little bit of weight to them because I think back to each one of these stories and it makes me remember back to a time when there was a lot less, just in general, a lot less overall, you know what I mean? A lot less age, a lot less personal responsibility. And it makes me think of those things and remember, hey, I'm definitely in a different place now. Main event coming up in a couple of seconds. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Well, story 23 is going to start with me as a kid. And like I said, these are all stories about me having experiences at one of the Baptist churches that I went to when I was younger. This first one is me being much, much younger. I think I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh, I don't know, nine, probably no more than nine, give or take. Thinking back, it's been a long time ago since I've been nine. I had to divide my age approximately by five in order to get back there. <laughs> But that's just what it is. Uh, turns out that we had a normal church service. It was in spring, I believe. Finished up, and we're preparing to go home. Now, usually gather up all the supplies because at the time I was still an usher, so... I had to just make sure that all the um, the fans and the programs were put away and set for next Sunday. And I had already done so and gathered up the Bibles, make sure they were back in the hymn books, put them on the back row so that I could pass them out. And everything was set and ready. My mother at the time was part of the trustees. So they took care of the money. And... My grandmother was a mother of the church, just pretty much was waiting for all of us to finish our work so we could head out. Now, what happened next was far from the norm. It was absolutely not routine. Typically, after all of that, I would sit and wait until everybody was ready, and then we would lock the doors and head on out. And at this point in time, I'd have had my Bible, probably grandma's Bible, and we would be on our way, and I would just stick them in the car. This day was different. What I did was I took the Bibles, and I put them on top of the hood, and not the hood, the roof of the car. It wasn't the hood. It was the roof. Yeah, it was definitely the roof. And 
we were talking to, I can't remember who it was, unfortunately, so long ago, but it was another church member, and we were just talking for maybe another few minutes, 10, 15 minutes, before we were about to embark on our separate journeys to go home. We all then got in the car, and my mom drove us home. Now, didn't think anything of it until we got home, and the thought occurred, wait a minute, wait a minute, where's my Bible? And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, still, I had grandma's Bible too. Put them in the car. At that point in time, I remembered that not only did I not put the Bibles in the car, but I left them on the roof of the car. And I was like, oh, this is not good. I just lost both of those Bibles. And even as a young age, I knew that I had um, a lot of markings in my Bible. I put a lot of different verses that I was reading and keeping together had a lot of stuff in there. Even at that young age, I pretty much marked up that whole Bible. So I had a lot of different verses marked. And my grandmother must most certainly did the same. And both of us received those particular Bibles for Christmas uh, maybe a year or so ago before that. So it was like, oh man, these were nice, relatively relatively new Bibles, like I said, they're within a year old, and yet even at, like I said, a young age of nine, I had a lot of, a lot of verses marked so that I wouldn't forget them. Now, this Bible was red, which was my favorite color at the time. I still appreciate red. I think it's still a cool color, but my grandma's Bible was just a standard black Bible, large print, because she had vision problems. So it made it easier for her to read it. And both of these Bibles could have been anywhere between Gunning River Road and Barnegat. And pretty much anywhere along Route 9. And this is what made it very, very chilling to me. The, the thing that really made this story interesting is the fact that it wasn't the Wednesday night service that we came back to, but that following Sunday, um, Mom decided that maybe we'll just kind of look around and see if maybe they fell on the side of the road and Gunning River Road. And sure enough, on the side of the road was my Bible. It had been sitting there for a week. The weather had cooperated. A little bit of dew made it look a little bit more worn than it was, but not over the top. It was still usable. So I was able to reclaim it. But now my grandmother's Bible, which was on the bottom, because when I piled them, I had her Bible, which was bigger underneath, and mine was on top. Her Bible wasn't there. You would think that whatever force would have knocked mine off would have probably knocked hers off too, but apparently hers was heavy enough where it probably stayed on the car a little longer. 
and we just always thought it was strange that mine showed up, but hers was gone. And here comes the funny part. For years after that, <laughs> a good 10 years, 15 years after that incident, my mother still kind of turned her head every single time we went down Gunning River Road from the church just in case she could find that Bible laying there. Of course, even now, we're talking a good 30 years later, whenever my mom ever goes to Gunning River Road to see my uncle or maybe even visit our old church, she still kind of looks out for it just in case. And I still find that very funny and very interesting. Next story. This one would be a little bit older. Well, considerably older. Probably 10 years older. I'd probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 19 or 20 at this point in time. And now I'm driving more consistently living in Manchester at the time, which is some miles away from the old church, which I didn't even mention. It was old Mount Zion Baptist Church in Barnegat, church I pretty much grew up at, and more interestingly enough, the church that my grandmother and her siblings, her brother, brothers, um, William and um, Calvin, who were both younger than her, and then her older sister, Daisy, were essentially the first children at the church when it first started. So we have a nice little long legacy there. Very interestingly enough, not part of the story, but my kids also entered the church and my one of my cousin's kids were there as well. So realistically, at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Barnegat, real simple, over the time that that church has been open, five generations of my family have been there. From my great-grandfather, my grandmother, her kids, which would be my mom, me, and then even my kids actually showed up at that building at one point in time. So it's definitely got a sentimental place in my family. Literally five generations. And with any hopes... I would hope that that would continue at least another generation or two. That would make it very fascinating. That's just a personal thought for me. But now back to the story at hand. Again, I'm 19 or 20, driving one of my favorite vehicles that I ever owned, my Monte Carlo. It definitely ranks in the top three, for certain. Um, between... I guess I'm going to call it my young, dumb days doing young, dumb things, racing it up and down the street, literally against opponents that would yet to be named. Let's just say that if I raced for pinks at the time or the um, uh, title slips, I would have a Mustang dealership. But nevertheless, got to stay on track. I would, time to time, go to the church services after work, if there was a service that was um, a second service, 
a lot of times, but not the traditional way that most people would realize. Instead of going into the normal part of the sanctuary and just being a part of the service like everyone else, what I would do is I would go down, I would drive my car, get there, sneak down into the basement, and I would listen to the service from there. Sometimes I'd listen to the whole service. Sometimes I'd listen to just part of the service. But I would typically do that from time to time. I probably listened to somewhere between, I don't know, 7 to 12 services or parts of services from the basement. And would be just sort of hanging out down there and doing it in secret. And pretty much nobody knew that I was down there. I did a lot. I would listen to all kinds of services down there. Um, At this point in time, I wasn't going as frequently or as regularly as I should have been. And I still wanted to go. And what I would do is I would, like I said, I would drive down there and I would just go to the basement. And the basement would usually be open. And I would just hang down there and I'd listen to parts of the service. Some of the services that I went to that I stayed underneath that I specifically, hindsight being 2020, wish that I had actually... um gone to was the service for my grandmother's brother William or Uncle Bill as we called him yes if you listen to the words of wisdom episode or even the New Year's Eve episodes that I've done I quote him very regularly on that as far as some of the things that he would say um turns out that he uh He was a deacon for 39 years, and they decided to give him a specific service to celebrate his achievements. And I was downstairs in the basement for a good portion of the service, the whole thing. I arrived probably midway through, and I probably stayed till about the three-quarters mark, so I was there probably a good... I don't know, 45 minutes listening to what was going on. And I thought that was a good service. And of course, hindsight being 2020, I would have been upstairs in the place that I should have been. Another service that I was at when I was downstairs was um, a former pastor of the church, uh, Reverend Drinks. In fact, the pastor prior to the pastor who was there during that time, which was Reverend Richard I. Bell, who was the active pastor at the time. Reverend Drinks was his predecessor. Um, When I was much younger, like from the first story, when I was around, yes, from the time I was in maybe second grade till sixth grade for a four-year period of time, wasn't an eternity. It was a very short period of time, but I became very close to the man, and 
he was there for what would have been the last time. And I went to that service, and one of the, the signatures that Reverend Drinks would do was he would play his guitar during the service. And I got down there, snuck down in the basement, and I heard him play the guitar. And I sat and listened to it for a minute now. Again, hindsight being 2020, I would have gone upstairs, shook the man's hand, say, how have you been? But I didn't do that. I just stayed downstairs and listened to the service. Um, but the final time that I went down there and listened to a service was very interesting because I'm not sure how it worked. I'm going to not use the name of the individual who found me, but somebody found me. Somebody went downstairs in the basement where I was at and sat there with me for about 10 minutes. And then when they went back upstairs, I left and I never came back to, um, listen to a service from the basement. I was almost like, ah, the illusion was gone. I was caught. Somebody saw me doing it. And it just wasn't, quote-unquote, cool to do it anymore. And that's what you would think when you're 19, 20 in that neighborhood. And I never did it again. But it was one of the things that I would do. That was a very interesting time period when I would go down there and listen to those services. Like I said, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to 12 times I did it. And I enjoyed the services, but again, hindsight being 2020, I should have just actually been in a pew listening to the services. Final story. This one isn't at Mount Zion. This one happened to have happened at Community Baptist Church. And again, I was a little older, not much older, still within the parameters of the young dumb days, but not quite still young, still dumb but not in that really early stage of being 19, 20. We're talking more like... I uh, can't remember. Probably... 20... to... Well, no, definitely not 25. I was sick at 25. So I was probably a little older than that. Probably around 27, 26, 27, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it was a really, we were at Community Baptist Church at the time. And it was winter. Very, very heavy snow. Very heavy. We're talking feet. And I just wish I could remember exactly what year it was, but it was a point in time where there was a lot of snow, a lot of snow. And um, legitimately must have been, as far as New Jersey goes, we're not talking about Buffalo or Colorado 
where you're talking three, four, five feet of snow. No. It's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like two feet of snow, which is it's not a bad amount, especially in New Jersey. It's a, it's a good, healthy amount of snow for one event. A good two feet, give or take. And we had to try to shovel out the snow. I remember it very fondly. My stepdad, Roger, um, Pastor Smith, um, a couple of deacons were there as well. And a good five, six shovels. And here we go. Now, just thinking about the area where we were shoveling, it was probably a good... Uh, let's see, there's a ramp. And the steps we had to clear out. And then the parking spaces. Oh, man, it was a good amount. And like I said, it was a couple of... Easily a couple of feet of snow. Now... All of us pitched in and we did what we could. And boy, it was the very definition of backbreaking. A lot of snow. And we were out there a long time. And in the process of shoveling all this snow, we were just... We were getting exhausted. Because there was only so much we could do. And we're trying to clear it up for... The Sunday service. And man. It was definitely not fun. Not easy. Got to a point where. We we sh we did as much as we could. And there was literally. No more that any of us could be able to do. Because. A combination of age. And strength. And just overall endurance. It was just. It took it all out of us. Fortunately, um, after a couple of hours, at least two or three hours of being out there, um, a really nice, kind-hearted guy saw us with our shovels and had a pickup truck with a plow on it. And he said, hey guys, I see what you're trying to do. You're never going to get it done. I'll get it for you. Now, all of us were like, well, we didn't have any money on us because, I mean, the deacons who had to drive and the pastors drove a little bit further had their stuff, but there wasn't a, enough money because typically the service like that would cost a couple hundred dollars to have these guys, to have a guy plow. And this guy looked at us and said, hey, it's a church. Gonna score some points with the man upstairs is what he was thinking. I'm doing it for free. And he plowed all the parking spots out. And this isn't a huge mega church, but it was a good, probably in area, maybe a quarter of an acre, a little more. And he went and plowed out the driveway and plowed out all the parking spaces. And he absolutely was adamant that he wasn't going to accept any money for it. And we thanked him. And he just went about his business. Just being a good neighbor. 
good human being. You don't find that every day. But this guy was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do this for this guys, for these guys, for this church. And that was really cool. It really was. Sometimes people who were in that position that they were in like that would, wouldn't care if it was a church, wouldn't care if it was a school, wouldn't care if it was a private residence. But they would definitely not put their plow to the ground unless there was money in their hand. But I'll never forget that guy. He, um, he just did it. And on that note, that's the end of the story. Main event is over. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, it's time for the Spear of the Week. Fortunately, this has been a quiet and unique week. Nothing over the top. Nothing that made you go absolutely insane, or I should say made me go absolutely insane. I haven't put myself in position where I'm around people who have just frustrated me, irritated me, or aggravated me. And that's a strange thing. What am I going to do? I'm going to just sort of sit back in the corner, coil up, and wait. Because the way it seems, there isn't anybody that I want to go and spear this week. So, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm just going to take it for what it is. Nobody made me go crazy enough to want to break them in half with a spear. Not this week. So, I'm just going to sort of be on the lookout for next week and see what happens. Hopefully, maybe, I'm going to have two weeks in a row where I don't have to spear anybody. But, one can only consider that wishful thinking. Spear of the week? Well, there isn't one. Alright, everybody. It's been another fun show for me. Hopefully for you as well. Um, all I can hope for is that I was able to entertain you as much as I entertained myself. Reminiscing on those stories that just so happened to have been part of my existence. Uh, you know where to find me at Pissed Phil on Twitter. I remember two L's. Make sure you find it. Um, my Instagram five one zero two. Let's start over again with that. Philip Henderson five one zero two. I post a lot of those very same uh I guess um pictures about the episodes on there and you could always get in contact with me on that as well but most importantly the place that I would hope that people would congregate together and share amongst them amongst us and everybody would be on our group our group the facebook group the lip group it's not just my group it's our group 
those of you who listen to the show who have not joined yet, I ask you, what's going on? Come on, become part of it. If you're listening, you are part of our group anyway, so you might as well make it official and join us on the Lip Facebook group. Now, I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down, as I say, but not without giving you some words of wisdom. We're talking a little after or around tax day, you know. I think they extended it this year, pretty sure. April 15th is usually the date. But I believe that, because that's when this episode is going to be released, but it's Saturday. So you know how these guys have those banker's hours. Probably going to extend it to probably the 17th or 18th this year. I can't remember. But either way, do your taxes. That's free words of wisdom, totally different altogether. But, 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 the true and official words of wisdom that I plan on giving you is the fact that spring sprung almost a month ago at this point. Better part of a month. So, well, not quite a month. Around a month. And soon it's going to be even warmer. And what you're going to want to do is... Get yourself ready to do those outdoor activities when the summer comes in a couple of months from now. And my advice for you now is to keep this in mind so that when it does get warm, you're ready for it. Here it comes. Getting a mouthful of public pool water is just as is just like eating yellow snow. Don't forget that. Don't forget it. Getting a mouthful of public pool water is just like eating yellow snow. Always hold on to that. You don't want to forget it because hopefully you didn't eat any yellow snow during the winter. But, well, over here in the Northeast, in New Jersey area, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, specifically, there wasn't any measurable snow, so you were able to avoid that yellow snow, really. But I hope you didn't forget how much snow we had a couple of years ago, and a lot of it. So you would be able to be wise enough not to eat the yellow snow. So hopefully, if you're smart enough not to eat yellow snow, you're also smart enough not to drink the water out of a public pool, because, let's face it, It's the same thing as eating the yellow snow. And on that note, I'm going to shut her down till next time. And next time, oh my goodness, before I shut it down, I definitely need to let you know what's coming up next show. Next show is going to be a cool show. It's going to be the 100th show. Yes. I've been sitting here on this phone, putting out these podcasts every week for a hundred weeks. That's crazy. That's so crazy. And then that's going to be a fun show. And and to give you a, a quick heads up about it, on that 100th show, I'm only going to be talking about things that are 100. That'll be fun. Well, at least I think it will be. So, I'll talk to you then.
My name is Phil, and you've listened to The Lip.